big award was uh, bestowed uh, just the other day on a friend of the programs, and it's a great excuse to catch up with Katherine Monson. We don't need much, but she's going into the Hall of Fame, the Franchise Association's Hall of Fame. She got the award. Catherine's the CEO of Propelled Brands and joins us right now. It's good to have you with us. David, it's great to be back. Congratulations. So everybody knows Fast Signs, and Fast Signs is an incredible success. And I, and I can't wait to need Nerds to Go, which is one of your products. And then you're in the sweet business. What else have you got going for you? Well, we have an exciting fourth brand that we've acquired, but it is not public. It does not close until January 31st. This is a tease, David, to have me back on after January 31st, because I can tell you about our fourth brand, which is really exciting. That is very exciting. Well, let's talk about what you've got right now. First of all, let's talk about the, the career, because this is this is sort of a career you know, award when you go into the Hall of Fame. This is not because you did real well last year, but uh, it's an interesting career. And it's not it's been I don't know. I'm sure it's more challenging for a woman than a man, I would think. Well, David, I'll tell you that I felt that way early in my career. You know, when I started in franchising, which was a long time ago, 1980, so 43 and a half years ago, um, I was the only woman in management. And there were some of those awkward things. You'd go out for business dinners and conversation might go a direction that made you as the female uncomfortable. And I think there were certain times, in fact, the first time I got uh, promoted to a management position, my warehouse manager quit because he said, I'll never work for a woman. But I don't think that's the case today. I truly believe that if we work hard and create value, that's what this thing is all about, create value, drive growth, uh, drive profitability, drive franchisee satisfaction, depending on what business you're in. If you're creating value, I don't think they care your gender, your color, your height, any of that stuff. That's good to hear. That's very good to hear. So when you look for a franchisee, do you have blinders on? What Absolutely. Do you, what do you look for at a franchisee? Well, you know, we have soon to be four, but three brands. But one of the very important things is, can that person be passionate about the brand, right? It, the passion it takes to be in, you know, supporting small businesses in IT is different than the passion it takes to be a landlord for solopreneurs in the My Salon Suite business. So part of it is passion for the brand and then really ensuring that they understand that being part of a franchise is a great thing. You get in business for yourself, but not by yourself. But you got to do what's best for the whole, not just for yourself. And so there's a, a mindset to a franchisee that is different to than different from the mindset of someone who's starting their own independent business and doesn't want to be part of something that's big. Not everybody succeeds as a franchisee. The ones who fail, why is it they don't have deep enough pockets or is it because they think they can delegate all the work and go off and do something else? Well, first off, I can only speak directly to the brands I've been involved right. in, right? And so it's very critical for us as franchisors to make sure that someone meets the, the financial qualifications and has enough working capital to get through ramp to where they're above break even and making a profit. So there could be franchisors that don't have reasonable working capital requirements. And that working capital requirement is going to vary by model and by brand. Of course, it's more expensive to build a big uh, 30 suite my salon suite than it is to open a uh, nerds to go that's in 1100 square feet, right? So different break evens and different capital requirements. 
But basically, it comes down to not following the model. Uh, franchising is such that if you and 99% of franchisors are great franchisors, have great business models where franchisees can make money. If you don't follow the model, as an example, in fast signs, proactive outside sales is a critical component, critical component. It is required to have somebody or multiple somebody's out talking to a business owners and business decision makers about signage and visual graphics. If you don't follow the model and no one is out being proactive, talking to prospects to convert them to customers, you're not going to be as successful as you would be otherwise. So you know, I would say you got to follow the model. Well, and, and you've developed a model that you obviously are very proud of because you have a tremendous incentive for them to do well. I mean, that's when you do well. That is exactly right. In fact, what I love is that alignment that happy, profitable franchisees make happy, profitable franchisors. Uh, I'm a big believer that there are best practices in franchising, and the single most important one is franchisee profitability. And everybody in all my brands knows the most important thing they can work on any day is looking for ways to further improve franchisee profitability. Tell me what tell me what uh, what the franchisees are looking at right now, because we've got a period. We've got a period of higher interest rates that a lot of people have never seen before. In fact, I, I talk to CEOs every day who have never operated in an environment when interest rates are going up, much less, you know, a bunch of smaller franchisees starting out. And real, real estate seems like it's tough, too. You're talking to CEOs that are younger than me. <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I was working in the 80s, and I remember a bit of the increase in interest rates in the recession of 2008 and 2009, or at least the scarcity of capital. Certainly the higher interest rates has impact, right? It, it has significant impact. And that's why it's even more important that we're looking at the model. Uh, in the case of uh, building a MySalon suite, we've spent a lot of effort and energy the last 18 months working on engineer uh, value engineering and reducing the cost of new build and looking for ways to make that initial investment which they're borrowing money for, sure. less expensive. Have we been able to completely um, compensate for the higher interest rates? No, but we've made really great progress. But I think, again, it comes down to, do you have a viable model with good margins, the opportunity to make good profit? And then we need to and think of, particularly, you know, like SBA loans uh, are variable. As the interest rates go up, your rate goes up. So you need to make sure that you've got the working capital You've got the plans, and you've got a model that can scale. And and right now, you have to make the have the confidence to make a leap because a lot of these are people are going from salaried positions, and all of a sudden they're going to become entrepreneurs. And it's just you know, gosh, you pick up the papers, and you know, there's inflation, and there's geopolitical problems in the Far East, and they're worried about the supply chain again, and politics. I mean, there are a lot of reasons not not to go into your own business right now. Well, another way to look at that, David, is uh, big companies do layoffs. And if you're one of those people that get laid off, what are you going to do? So it's very common. And, and we're not in a recession. Thank God. A knock on wood. Um, we Maybe we are actually going to get a soft landing. Maybe we aren't. Who knows? I don't yet quite have the crystal ball. Um, but in tough economic times, the first place to cut employees is big companies it's not the small companies. The small companies tend to have that positive attitude and hopefulness right. and hold on. Uh, and so there's also a defensive move to owning your own business because you really do then get to control your own destiny. Uh, and 
very often recessionary times are great times for franchisors to find new franchisees to get into business. Because they're forced out there to do something and this is the chance to make a leap. And very often they have a nice severance from the big companies. And so that gives you your, your grub steak so you can get going with that. A great pad to have, right? And generally speaking, the folks that are getting into whether it's a Fast Signs or a Nerds to Go or a My Salon Suite and Brand 4 that I can't wait to tell you about after January 31st, uh, they've already built up somewhat of a nest egg, but that severance uh, helps them feel even more comfortable making that big leap. Well, that's great. Well, so uh, congratulations again on uh, on your, your, your award. You're the name of the recipient of the International Franchise Association's Hall of Fame Award for the year. That is, that's a great recognition and well-deserved. Well, I appreciate you saying that. If I look at those that were inducted in the Hall of Fame before me, it includes the founder of Dunkin' Donuts and the founder of H&R Block and KFC and McDonald's. I mean, this is a pretty big deal. I'm very excited. And as the IFA describes the award, they talk about franchisors who are legends. And I don't think you get to be a legend until you're really, really old. So uh, I take some solace in that I what, ma- became a legend and I'm really, really old. I and guess. you're really, really young. I think it's still. And, well, I'm definitely young at heart. There's uh, no question it, that I'm Indeed you are. That's one of the great reasons we all enjoy, always enjoy our conversations. Catherine Monson's the CEO of Propelled Brands, which is three brands soon to be four. Thanks again for the time. Thank for, you, David. For more of our conversation, go to krld.com slash CEO. I'm David Johnson, News Radio 1080 KRLD.